Welcome back to the C3 Podcast. This week, Pastor Robin continues his series, The Great Commission, in light of the return of Jesus. This week is called Resolve to Endure. Here's a short clip. Friends, we can't let the fog get in our way of what God has called us to do. You see, it impairs our vision at times. Fortunately, the Lord knew about the fog that we would encounter. We hope you enjoy today's message, and if you'd like, go to c3pottstown.com and plan a visit to join us next Sunday. We have uh, been talking about the Great Commission in light of the return of Jesus. Jesus commissioned the church. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so he not only gave us this great commission, but he gave us an incentive to fulfill it. And the incentive we call the blessed hope which says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. The, the, the message of Christ's return ministers strength to believers so that our hearts won't sag, our hands won't tire, our heads won't droop under the burden of life and under the opposition of the world. The glorious message of Christ's appearing gives strength and energy to the church and helps us remain diligent in our task of evangelism as we fulfill the great commission that God has given us. So last week we talked about the hope of the Lord's return provides a powerful incentive for righteousness in our daily lives. This week our subject is the hope of the Lord's return keeps us secure in our purpose to endure to the end. On July 4th, 1952, a, a drama unfolded off the, southern coast of, uh, off the coast of Southern California. A young woman named Florence Chadwick waded into the Pacific, Pacific Ocean intending to swim the 26-mile channel between Catalina Island and the California coast. Long-distance swimming wasn't new to her. She was the first woman to swing, swim the English Channel both directions. So off the coast of California, that day, the, the water was numbingly cold. The fog was so thick that she had a hard time seeing the boats that were in her party. Several sharks had to be driven away with rifle fire. Chadwick swam for more than 15 hours before she, was asked, before she asked to be taken out of the water. She was only a half a mile from her goal. It wasn't the cold. It wasn't fear. 
It wasn't exhaustion that caused Chadwick to fail. It was the fog. Later, she said, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I would have made it. Two months later, she walked off the same beach into the same channel and swam the distance in record time. Why? Because she could see the land. She could see the vision. Friends, we can't let the fog get in our way of what God has called us to do. You see, it impairs our vision at times. Fortunately, the Lord knew about the fog that we would encounter. I mean, listen to how he described it. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. Excuse me. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Sin will be rampant everywhere, the scripture says. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. Then the end will come. The enemy of our soul will try to convince us that the weight of our suffering is so heavy that it will seem like it outweighs the coming glory of the Lord. And I've seen this happen time and time again where people just give up on the Lord because they say, it's too hard to live as a Christian. All my friends are, are seemingly having fun and I'm not. But listen to what we're told in Romans. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Why do you think we need to gather together? And the Lord told us, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Because we need to be able to encourage one another in the Lord. And not just once a week, but we need to encourage one another throughout the week as we walk this Christian life. I'm starting your notes now if you're following along with your notes. The hope of the Lord's return keeps us secure in the purpose to endure to the end. Now the word endure means to remain firm as under trial or suffering. It means to suffer patiently or without yielding. To bear up under adversity. To hold out. So this morning we're going to take a look at 1 Peter, some in chapter 1 and some in chapter 4. So chapter 1 verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. We have the hope of eternal life. Every one of us, Every day should be living with the expectation that Jesus is coming today. No matter what you're going through, at the end of your journey, it's going to be worth it. Listen to what he says in the next verse. 
We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. To inherit means to receive an irrevocable gift with, with an emphasis on the special relationship between the benefactor and the recipients. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. Man, that, that's great in itself, okay? Peter was with Jesus when he said that. I am going to prepare a place for you. But in Peter's God, or, uh, epistle, he built upon that statement, telling us that we have more than just a lodging place in heaven. It says, the next verse, and through your faith, God is project, protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Our promised inheritance comes through faith. Now, faith, that's an interesting word. Do you know the, the Christian life is linked together by faith? I mean, think about it. We accept Jesus by faith, correct? We expect to get to heaven by faith, correct? Everything in between comes by faith. Listen to what we're told in Romans. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. It is accomplished from start to finish by faith. The King James says it is accomplished from faith to faith. In other words, from one act of faith to another act of faith to another, our whole life living by faith. And then it goes on to say, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Maybe you haven't given thought, uh, faith much thought. Well, let's think about it for a moment. When we say the word faith, we tra treat it like a thing, you know, I have faith. Right here, I've got this right here, faith. We, we treat it like it's a noun. It's not a noun. It's an action verb. When we say we have faith, we are proclaiming a lifestyle that pleases God. Well, let's continue here in Peter 1. So be truly glad, he says in verse 6. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Even if we suffer trials throughout our whole life, it's only a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. When we endure those trials, it proves that our faith is genuine. That's what the scripture, I just read that in the scripture. It should be every Christian's goal to when you cross over into eternity to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. But let me draw your attention to verse 7. 
Because that's one of those verses we can just read over and not give it much thought. But when I read over this, I, I thought, wow. I don't ever think I saw that stick out like that before. It says about when your faith remains strong, it will bring you much praise, glory, and honor. That's what we give to the Lord. Read Revelation. That's what they're, all the heavenly beings are doing. They're giving the Lord praise, glory, and honor. So why are we going to get praise, glory, and honor? That's what Peter said. Well, how about visualize this with me, okay? Because this is what came to my mind when I was putting this together. The big game is about to start. The football players are in the tunnel they're ready to run out into the field. The cheerleaders are, they start at the opening of the tunnel and they make two lines, one on either side. And then the football players run out into the field and the cheerleaders on the other side are cheering and they're jumping and they're shouting as they cheer the team on. That's a picture I get when reading about how your faith will bring you much praise, glory, and honor. Only it's the angels in heaven. They're cheering us on that day, the day that Jesus is revealed. They're so excited for us, they are giving us praise, glory, and honor because we endured when our faith was tested. Well, is it gonna look like that? I don't know. We just know about the praise, glory, and honor we're going to get because Peter told us about it. Therefore, we can have the same outlook while we're living here on this earth. Verse eight and nine tells us this. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. Friends, I don't know if you're living with an inexpressible joy, but if you're not, you get together with God. Say, God, I need a heart change. I need a heart change. Well, let's move on to Peter chapter four. Peter chapter four says, dear friends, don't be surprised if the fiery darts you are going through, at the fiery darts you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So our second point is the expectation of the Lord's return. It gladdens our hearts in the days of weariness. Can I challenge you? If you are living a life that it's just kind of humdrum and you don't have a lot of joy and happiness, can I challenge you to, to change your outlook on life? As we analyze these verses, it says, don't be surprised when fiery trials happen to us. Now, I don't know what a fiery trial is. I, I looked it up. You see, we can go through trials. We can handle a lot of trials. But when those fiery trials come, 
A fiery trial is one that appears hopeless. When we were evangelists on the road, we had some of those, didn't we? It seems like all options have been exhausted. You know, we would, we would start to work. I won't use the word work. We started to be concerned, right? <laughs> Wondering how this was going to turn out. What was going to happen? And then suddenly, you will emerge with a great breakthrough. I don't know how many times that has happened to us in our married life as we were ministering together. And it just seemed like everything worked out. What were we concerned about? Every fiery trial you successfully navigate adds to your spiritual resume. God allowed Abraham, Moses, David, even Jesus, Peter, Paul. He allowed all of them to be tested. And you're going to be no exception because he wants to increase your value. So when we go through those trials, what do we normally do? We want to react. I can't believe this is happening to me. If this is Christianity, do I really want to be a part of it? Instead, the verse says to be glad. In fact, it goes beyond that. It says, be very glad. Not so much that uh, because something bad is happening to you. Even Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, Father, if this cup can be removed, but he knew it couldn't. So, you know, he didn't want to go through that, but he did. So, when we go through those fiery trials, we become partners with Christ. It doesn't say that the trials will make you glad, okay? Don't, don't take the attitude, oh, wow, I'm going through this trial and it's not making me glad. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that you have to choose to be glad through the things you're going through. Not one of those paste on smiles. I was thinking about this too when I was doing, making this paste on smile. That when, especially for young families, I know it was with us when our family was much younger. On a Sunday morning, getting ready to go to church. When would the enemy come against us? Oh, man. We, we, we had a, a bad one one day. We were providing donuts for the church on Sunday mornings. And uh, I said, well, get some of those powdered cream-filled donuts. And, oh, she said, no way. I don't like you getting that powder all over the front. I mean, we really. And I'm going to tell you something. We walked into church. Yeah, the scripture says, be very glad, be very glad. Listen to what uh, we're told in Ephesians. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Friends, you go through some trials in the nighttime and you're going to stumble and fall. 
you need to be flooded with the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He is the light of your world. Amen. Well, Paul reminded us we are not without hope. Not just hope, but we have confident hope. How often do you say the words, oh man, I hope so. Hope on its own is hopeless. We need a source for the hope to originate and to give it real meaning. The strength of our hope is determined by the strength of our source. Think of hope as a well. The well is only good as the water source that it has. If your well is dug too shallow, it will eventually dry up and you'll no longer have access to the water that helps you to run your life. But if you dig your well deep enough, you will eventually tap into an unlimited source of water and your well will never run dry. The circumstances around your source can influence your strength of your hope and your faith. So placing your faith in Jesus is what connects your well of faith to a reliable source of hope. Hallelujah. That's when we take our hope and place it in the one who will never abandon us. Our hope becomes strong and confident. In Romans 15, it says, Paul prayed this. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So friends, today we talked about we are secure in our purpose to endure to the end. We have the hope of eternal life, which through faith is our inheritance. We have the expectation of the Lord's return, which gladdens our hearts. And then we circle back around to Paul's reminder that we have confident hope, which gives us the strength and confidence to endure to the end. You know, we should take the scripture that was written in uh, Revelation chapter 3, personal, when uh, Jesus wrote to the church of Philadelphia. He says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have. He's not talking about your house or your car or whatever the things you like. He's talking about your spiritual well-being, your maturity, the things that he gives to you that can't rust, can't uh, be stolen. He's talking about things that he has laid up in heaven for you. He says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. So, when you think of the Great Commission in light of Jesus' return, how could that get defeated? How could the Great Commission get defeated? I'm going to tell you how it could get defeated. By discouraged and depressed believers. It could become defeated by children of God who have lost their hope in the darkness of the earth's shadows. 
You see, every one of us needs confident hope in the blessed hope. Without it, you may become one of the discouraged and depressed believers. So let me close with this. C.S. Lewis accurately described the effect of hope in mere Christianity. It says, if you read the history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world and the world to come, um, it's since Christians have, yeah, they, they, let me read that again. Christians did the most for the present world were those who thought most of the world to come. It's since Christians have largely ceased to think about the world to come, eternity, that they have become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at the earth and you will get neither. So friends, live your life in light of eternity and do what the Bible tells us to do. So let's take time for a self-evaluation. Would you stand with me? Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially to spread the gospel further, please go to c3outlet.com give. Have a great week.